Our scripture lesson comes to us from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no distinction within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work powerful deeds? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We love to have things ordered and organized and understood. And I know some of you are looking at other people going, he ain't talking about you. But I'm not necessarily talking about the way our desks are collected or how well we keep up with our schedules. I'm talking about the roadmaps of our lives. We like to have things organized and understood and clarified. So we create categories. We create categories in our world. We create categories in our community. We create categories in our lives. We create categories in our church. I'll give you an example. We divide ourselves into categories based on political affiliation, whether we're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, some other thing. We, we kind of divide ourselves along that. I can know, I notice some of y'all are getting tense. Oh my goodness, he's talking politics. All I said was that we got Democrats and Republicans, y'all. See my point? We can divide ourselves based upon our educational level. If we hold a degree or if we don't. We can define ourselves based on our professions and our jobs, and whether we are considered an executive or a worker. We define ourselves according to the way we dress, the vehicles that we drive. We define ourselves with where we attend worship, 
And probably the one way that we define ourselves the greatest of all that can do the absolute most damage, that can start an argument quicker than anything else, whether we pull for Alabama or Auburn. (laughs) God bless it. There's some folks among us that pull for Tennessee. We're praying for them. I can guarantee you that in this sanctuary this morning and joining with us online and in your Sunday school classes and in your small groups and in your committees and in your workplaces and in your families and with your friends, I can guarantee you that you pick a topic that you hold an opinion on and somebody sitting in here holds the exact opposite opinion than you do on anything. You know how I know? Because every single week I get an email, that anthem was the most beautiful anthem that has ever been sung. And someone else will send me an email, do you think that you can tell Art to tell the choir to sing X, Y, or Z? Every week I can get an email about how wonderful the sermon was or how horrible the sermon was. Guys, if you haven't figured this out yet, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going with the Holy Spirit, some caffeine, and God bless the Sunday school class, two donuts this morning. (laughs) We define ourselves into all of these categories and we judge things and we use our own opinions and our own understandings to do it with very little thought that there's somebody else that we know, that we love, that has the exact opposite opinion of us on any given topic on any given day, in any given situation. Even within our own congregation, we can define ourselves by our categories. What Sunday school class we attend, how old we are. Church is the only place I have ever been where people brag about how old they are. Every place else that I go, it's like rude to ask someone how old they are. But in church, we will tell you. We will tell you that I'm 87 years old and I have been here for 93 years. (laughs) And I'm still not sure how that one works. We will define ourselves based on how we came to Bluff Park. Have you noticed that one? Well, I've been a Methodist my whole life. Or I used to be a Baptist. And then, well... You know, I was church of God. What do you think about that, preacher? I think God loves you. Come on in. We are a whole bunch of misfits, mutts, mingled together in the grace and love of God. We'll even define ourselves based on whether we attend the traditional service or the contemporary one. And then the folks that go to both apologize to me for going to both. And I'm like, please. This might be radical. But what if I was to tell you Regardless of which worship celebration you attend, what Sunday school class you are a part of, your age, how long you've been here, whether you have been brought up at Bluff Park, whether you started in another congregation of the United Methodist Church or another expression of the Methodist faith or another branch on the Christian family tree, or by golly, if you didn't even know who Jesus was until you were in your mid-30s or 40s or 50s or 60s. What if I was to tell you, in grace and in love, none of that matters. Because you're here. 
And you are a part of the body of Christ. That it absolutely does not matter. Because all of the ways that we use to categorize ourselves and understand the world, it doesn't matter. Paul says it pretty plainly. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the one Spirit. He says this again in another letter where he tells us that we are all made one in Christ, whether there are no more Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. He goes on and on with it, which is what the choir's anthem was based on this morning. I invite you to read the words to the anthem that are printed in your order of service because it's absolutely powerful. All of the ways that we define ourselves, Jew or Greek, socio-political and ethnic, slave or free, the pecking order in the social world, male or female, who God calls to do what. All the stuff is right there. That when God's Holy Spirit moves and God's Holy Spirit calls and God's Holy Spirit equips, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where, where, where you've been. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long, where, what, when, how. When God's Holy Spirit unites and connects us, we are made one in this body. And everything that is so important will find its place through the body of Christ. Now, Paul uses a whole lot of fun language next that kind of gets a little confusing because he starts talking about members with greater respect or lesser respect and those things that have lesser respect we clothe with greater honor and he's getting to all of this other, other stuff. And it's, one is it's a little confusing in the, in the Greek that it's written and number two, it really gets confusing when you start trying to translate that into English because they use some phrases that we don't tend to use or that we don't have. But let me give you a general gist about what Paul's talking about right there. How many of you have a pinky toe? How many of you are thinking about your pinky toe until I've asked you if you had a pinky toe? I would dare say that none of us were just sitting here this morning thinking about our pinky toes. We normally don't think about our pinky toe. It's not that important, right? We go on about our day not ever thinking about our pinky toe until you slam that pinky toe into something when you're barefooted at three o'clock in the morning when you're trying to go to the bathroom. But not wake up because you want to go back to sleep, but you know, you got to get up enough so that you can move around. And then all of a sudden, what becomes the most important part of your body? That pinky toe. Did you know that your pinky toe has the ability to engage your mouth? Because when you slam that pinky toe into the corner of the door at three o'clock in the morning when you're trying to go to the bathroom, your mouth engages. Hopefully it just says, ow. Sometimes it says something else. And did you know that when one member suffers, everyone suffers with it? Because my pinky toe has the power to engage my mouth when I slam it into a door, my mouth speaks, which then rouses my spouse and causes her mouth to speak, wondering what in the world's going on if she's not dead to the world. That one little part of our body is absolutely, you know, yeah, sure, it helps us walk, but we don't ever think about it. 
Paul's illustration is saying there's no such thing as a small gift or a big gift or this is more important than that or you are more important than somebody else or you're less important than somebody else. That all of our callings, all of our gifts, all of our graces are all brought together. And we very literally form one body in Christ. None of us are here by accident. I love Bob Ross. Do y'all know who I'm talking about? He was the painter that used to do PBS stuff, you know, paint landscapes. I love Bob Ross because whenever he would make a mistake, were they ever a mistake? No, what were, what were they called? You remember? Happy little accidents. I love that. Now, I got news for you. Some of us are here by intentionality. Some of us are here because it's a happy little accident. But there's no accidents with God. God knew exactly what God was doing when he brought you to this place. God continues to know what God is doing because all of us are here, not by accident, not even a happy little accident. We are all here because we have been brought together in that same spirit to accomplish a purpose and a task. I know that you know that you have a calling. I hope that you know that we as a congregation has a calling. And that our calling as a congregation is not just underneath the Great Commission, which we'll talk about next week, because that's everybody's, every body of Christ's calling is to fulfill the Great Commission. But that Bluff Park has a unique calling in how we are called to do that. And how we are called to do it isn't exactly the same way that another congregation is called to do it. Because as we all work together, the whole work gets done. Isn't that amazing? That as you are here, Each one of you, your personalities, the things that you're good at, the experiences that you've had, the life that you have lived, all of that gets brought together and helps to make us who we are and who we are becoming in Christ. Now, I don't know if you've picked up on this yet. This Sunday, we kick off our capital campaign. I know. Please control your applause. I know that this season is, for many of you, your favorite season of the church year. I mean, there is Christmas, there is Easter, and there is capital campaign season. And you have this marked on your calendar, and you're wondering, when are we going to start? Well, it's okay. We're starting now. And yes, we have an operational budget that we got to figure out in the grace of God. We've got a debt that we are trying to pay off in the grace of God. And so, yes, we're going to mail you a pledge card. If you've ever interacted with us at all, you're probably going to get a pledge card. We'll probably send pledge cards to people who haven't been here in four years. Because if we got your address, you're probably going to get a pledge card. But I want you to understand something. I know that you know Money is important. We cannot pay the power bill with our thoughts and our prayers. I've tried before. It doesn't work. But guys, I want you to understand, we could have a billion dollars in the bank and it would not matter one bit if the body of Christ was not the body of Christ. It would not matter one bit if we were not seeking to be the hands and feet of Jesus. 
That we seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus in some amazing ways. We seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus across the world as we are looking at working with Costa Rica. We seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus across the, the, the city of Birmingham with our bundles of hope as we partner with the bridge ministry or the fact that our under the bridge ministry feeds the homeless twice a, twice a month. That we seek to be the hands and feet of Christ every month when, when we have this food pantry that feeds hundreds of families, that represents thousands of people. That we seek to be the hands and feet of Christ every Wednesday night when we provide a safe place where our youth and our children are invited to come in. And guys, do you know that there are youth and children that come to our ministries that are not a part of Bluff Park? In other words, they don't belong to one of us. But they come and they find food and they find welcome and they find love and they find a safe environment. And by God, we introduce them to Jesus Christ the best way that we can. The reason why this is so important is because it's very easy when we categorize things to think about things as being, well, you know what? I don't have a child in children's ministry. I don't have a child in youth ministry. I got a question for you. Did, are you a member of the church? If you're a member of the church, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you do. Because you promised, you promise every time there is a baby baptized, you promise that you will surround that family with a church family of love and grace, that you will support that family, that you will help raise that child so that when they get old enough, they will make their own profession of faith. Yes, you do. Because we're the body of Christ and the family of God. And every baby that God blesses us is baptized into this congregation on that morning. Their family gets a whole lot bigger all at once. Because they may have mama and dad. And they may have brother and sister down front. But they got aunts, uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces, granddaddies, and grandmamas all over this place. So you care what happens in children's ministry and in youth ministry, regardless of whether or not you actually have someone in it. Because we're part of the family of God and we're all in this together. Going to Costa Rica may not be your calling. That's okay. I'm wondering if it's my calling. But the point is, is that it's someone's calling. There are people in our church family that are wrestling with that. And as a family, when one member celebrates, we all celebrate. When one member is called, we all support it. Because we're one. We're all in this together. You may love the choir. You might not be called to sing in it. Even though I'm telling you, I went through the audition process. It's not that hard, guys. <laughs> It's almost like if you just show up, Art will let you sing. Who knew? But to have a group of people who engage every week in the biblical call to bring us before God's throne of grace and music, to enter his courts with singing and praise, that invites us to come in. Have you ever had a no good, really bad day? Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a stressful Sunday morning? 
You come in, you got your family with you, you need Jesus because you done yelled at everybody in the, in, the, in the house trying to get to church to act like we're all loving. You ever had one of those days? You ever had one of those Sundays where everything's just churning, 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 churning? And then the choir starts to sing their anthem. And for one moment, we're not asking you to stand up or sit down or to do this or to do that or sign something or get your attendance or look in your order of service for just a moment. You can just stop. You can breathe. And in those moments, you swear you hear the angels singing with you. That's a gift of grace that's experienced in the body of Christ. You see, regardless of our individual callings, which we all have and are all important, all of these individual callings are all brought together. And we're all stuck together in the glue of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the task that God is calling us and inviting us to be a part of right here in Bluff Park and beyond. And we promise to do that with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Our fivefold promise back to God when we make our professions of faith and when we unite in mission and ministry with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, all nations, and all races. You see, we are taking a capital campaign journey. But every single week, you're not going to hear about how much money we need. You got that information in the budget. You already know. Because I guarantee you, you have to do it too, right? You ever tried to pay your power bill with thoughts and prayers? I don't think so. What we're going to do on this journey is to remind us who we are. Remind us of our mission and our ministries and our callings and what we are currently doing to fulfill that call and where we feel God calling us next. We're going to remind ourselves of the importance of prayer, that when we pray for one another, this is not just to be this thing that we do on Sunday mornings as Pastor Stanley leads us, but that we are called to pray for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the week to bear one another's burdens before God's throne of grace. Then we're going to remind ourselves of what this is to live generously, not just with our pocketbooks, but with our love and with the most precious gift any one of us can ever give to someone else. Our time. When the world will stop because you will spend time with another. And what all this means as God brings us together and churns us all up and stirs us with the Holy Spirit and sends us out to do immeasurably more than we have ever imagined. And guys, you, by this point in time, I hope you're getting to know me. I don't tell preacher stories. You feel it. You know there's something that's churning. You know that God's at work. And together, we're going to humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face. And during this journey, ask God to reveal to us where God is leading us next. And I'm asking you to do that one-on-one -on -one with God. God, where are you leading me next? And I'm asking all of us to do that together. 
as we ask God, God, where are you leading us as your body of Christ here next? How do I know that there's a next? It's real simple because Jesus ain't come back yet. When Jesus comes back, then there's not, more, there's, not, there's not a next anymore after that. It's all done. Until then, there's always a next. And the amazing thing is, is God is taking Gentiles and Jews, servants and free, Democrats and Republicans, liberals and progressives, that God is taking professors, that God is taking lawyers, that God is taking folks in the trades that build, and that God's taking, God's taking people that don't even know what they want to be when they grow up yet. And God is taking people who's already retired. And yes, God is even taking Auburn and Alabama fans and putting us together for a holy purpose and making us one body in Christ. And ultimately, that is what we are celebrating. Ultimately, that is the whole point of us coming together is to be one and to do as God leads, God's and directs. And ultimately, that's the only classification that matters. You and I and everyone that you see, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. None of us are here by accident. None of us are here by chance. None of us should ever apologize for what we feel that might be a gift too small. And none of us should ever walk so proudly for something that we feel like is a gift large. Whether it be in the form of a check or a talent that we share or an experience that we've had. Because all of us together, blessed as we have been blessed, equipped as we have been equipped, called as we have been called and sent as we have been sent. All come together. Add all of our stuff together and become one body in Christ. And through Christ, in Christ, with Christ and for Christ, we will change the world and we will start right here. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.